Good morning. Good to see everybody here on this nice, brisk fall morning. It's my favorite time of year. I love it. Um, glad to see everybody survived the Forest Festival. That's ever, glad that's over with also. Um, uh, would you pray with me real quick? Um, Heavenly Father, I thank you again for this morning, Lord. Just invite your Holy Spirit. Um, God, would you move? Um, God, may I decrease and you increase. God, may everything I say be what you want us to hear. Um, and may it go, not go out void, God, but may it accomplish your purpose. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so um, Bryce, a couple weeks ago, uh, it might be several weeks ago, uh, was working through the Sermon on the Mount. And I think the title of that sermon was The Trust in a Good Father. And he was referencing Matthew um, 7 7. Um, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. And he referenced, you know, um, if you are evil, know how, how to give good gifts. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to you? And I left that message um, thinking, uh, struck me really hard the ask, and you will receive, um, because I've asked and not received. So I had to really sit and dwell on that and think on that. And I looked up some verses. Um, I'll start out. Uh, Mark eleven twenty four says, "Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours." And in Matthew twenty one twenty two, it says, "If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in my name." There's that word again, ask. John fourteen thirteen fourteen says. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. And the last one was 1 John 5, 14 through 15. It says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask according to His will. I want to stop right there, because that really jumped out at me. Um, it's according to His will, not our will that He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that he, we have what we have asked of Him. So I had to really sit and dwell and think on that. Um, I'm looking in the Bible. There's, you can go through the Bible, and there's so many examples of answered prayers in the Bible. Um, just Google it. I just thought I'd Google it for fun just to see what pops up, answered prayers in the Bible, and it was a whole list. Um, but I just jotted down three. I think of Elijah. Um, he prayed that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't rain for three and a half years. Then he prayed again that it would rain, and it started raining. Elijah is a man no different than you and I, flesh and blood, and his prayer stopped the rain literally for three and a half years. Um, I think of Solomon. Um, could have asked for anything, and Solomon asked for wisdom, and God answered his prayer, granted him Wisdom. We'll talk about him again here in a little bit. Um, and I think of Moses in Exodus um, was up on the mountain. Of course, Israel decided to be a bunch of buffoons and, and um, build a golden calf and started worshiping it. God was going to pronounce judgment. And Moses pleaded and prayed um, for the Lord to relent from his wrath that he was going to bring upon Israel. And because of his intervention, his prayer, God relented and did not wipe them off the face of the earth. Um, 
think Bryce talked about this one also. Um, Luke 18, the persistent widow who kept coming and kept coming and kept pleading for the judge um, to grant her justice against her adversaries. She kept persi persisting, kept praying, not ever giving up, and he granted her wishes. And Brian talked about last week in Matthew uh, 15, the Canaanite woman um, who just kept pursuing God with desperation for him to heal her daughter. Um, she just kept coming, kept praying. Um, so I have a question for you this morning. Has God answered your prayer that you kept praying? Anybody? Answered prayers? All right. I see a lot of hands. Awesome. Yeah, so we like that, right? Um, it gives us a good feeling. It encourages us. It builds us up. So my question this morning is, what happens when the answer is no? No one likes being told no, right? We're selfish to the core, probably. Um, we were born that way. Um, we like getting what we want. Nobody likes being told no. Um, I remember a conversation that Jamie and I had. Uh, it's been several years ago when she worked at the hospital. Um, coming home, she was really distraught. Um, she had a patient that was passing, and her all that she wanted was to go to heaven. But all her family wanted was for her to be healed. Um, so they were really distraught when the answer was no. Um, so we you know, had to discuss, why does God say no? Why does God say no sometimes? And through hashing it out, um, I believe it's because we're asking not for his will to be done, but what we want to be done in that situation. Um, I think of my boys, <laughs> uh, as a parent, um, when the answer is no to them, it's either one of two things. Either they're going to keep persisting. I see Brantley's giving me the evil eye. Uh, usually, with, usually with him, it's about every other day. He keeps coming back. Can we get that? Can I go get that? Nobody. I'm sorry. Um, and I'm the I'm the pushover. I'm the easy one. Um, of course, I of course I want to go get the thing. But honestly, maybe you really don't need it right now, bud. Um, so it's hard um, to say no. But as a, a father. I try to do what's best for him, and, and I think of our Heavenly Father who knows what's best for us. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that answer has to be no, even though we don't like it. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> my daughter, and our grandson was in. He's one year old, um, so it's fun watching him develop his little personality, and, and um, it's fun being able to watch mom and dad have to deal with the tantrum whenever <laughs> the answer was no. And, he collapses on the floor, and kicking and screaming. But honestly, um, I can say the same thing to myself when the answer is no sometimes. I want to fall on the floor and kick and scream and throw my little tantrum. Um, so yeah, sometimes the answer is no and we don't like it. It hurts, it's hard, it's frustrating. Um, I've got three examples of when God says no that I just uh, have been processing and, and working through. And, Think of Paul in Acts 16. Um, he thought he understood that God's plan was to continue in Asia, preaching and, and sharing the gospel. But the Holy Spirit said no. He said, you yeah, know, we're going to change plans on you mid-game here, and we're gonna, you're going to go to Macedonia instead. And Paul could have acted like my grandson, throwing his tantrum and, and threw his fit. But he listened and obeyed, and he went to Macedonia instead. And... And there he started churches that impacted the world. Um, this one just 
I heard something on the radio and, and it stuck and it just made me think about it even more. Um, I think of Jesus in the garden. He was prayed, Jesus was praying, and he asked Father in heaven if there's any way let this cup pass from me. Because he knew what he was about to endure. He knew that he was going to be separated. He's going to take our sins to the cross and be nailed to the cross. And in that time, he's going to be separated from his father for the first time. And God said no. Um, and I think Jesus gives us a perfect example of, um, of how we should handle it when God says no. He submitted to the will of his father. He said, not my will be done, but your will be done. So, yeah, so when God says no, it can be painful and be devastating. Our heart breaks, leaves us lost, looking for answers. Um, where are you, God? You know, do you not love me? Your word tells me. We've read, I just read scriptures that says, if I ask it in your name, I will receive it. Um, so when we get the no answer, how do we handle it? Um, is, is anybody here ever had a, a no or a not yet? Maybe your no is a not yet. Yeah. Right. We don't like that one. We like the yes one, but not the no, not yet, right? So the third example I have is David, and that's where we're kind of probably land here for a little bit um, of what to do when God says no. I think we can learn a lot. Um, so just a little backstory on David, um, where we're heading here. Um, the story of David and Bathsheba. You know, he goes out on his roof, sees this beautiful woman taking a shower bath, instantly becomes enamored with her, sins for her, she comes, and ultimately they conceive a child, try to keep it G-rated, since the kids are in here, um, conceive a child, and, and through that, David, she's married to Uriah, and he knows what he's done, so he comes up with a plan to bring Uriah, who's out fighting for King David, and um, brings him back, tries to get Uriah to spend time with his wife so that their sin is covered up and Uriah's an honorable man, one of his generals, refuses to do so. How can I come home and, and eat and be with my wife when my men are out fighting battle? Um, so he refuses first time. Then David tries to get him drunk the next time to have him um, kind of hide what he's done and Uriah still refuses. So then he sends word to his general, um, push the battle forward, and then pull back so your eyes killed in battle um, to cover up. Um, so that's what he does. Ultimately, your eyes killed. David ends up with Bathsheba as his wife, and that's where we'll jump in. Um, five things that we can learn from this David and Bathsheba story. And it, uh, it's going to be 2 Samuel 12, 16 through 25. I'm just going to read it. So David pleaded with God for the child. This is after, I'm sorry, this is after Nathan, God sent Nathan to tell David he knew what he did and, and knew, let him know that his judgment was going to be that the baby that David conceived will, will surely die. So David is aware of this now. So David, in verse 16, is pleaded with God for the child. He fasted and spent the nights lying in sackcloth on the ground. The elders of his household stood beside him to get him up from the ground, but he refused. <clears throat> and he would not eat any food with them. On the seventh day, the child died. David's attendants were afraid to tell him that the child was dead, for they thought, while the child was still living, he wouldn't listen to us. When we spoke to him, how can we tell him that the child is dead? He may do something desperate. David noticed that his attendants were whispering among themselves, and he realized the child was dead. Is the child dead, he asked. 
Yes, they replied, he is dead. And David got up from the ground after he had washed, put on lotions, and changed his clothes. And he went to the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he went to his own house, and at his request they served him food, and he ate. His attendants asked him, Why are you acting this way? While the child was alive, you fasted and wept. But now the child is dead, you get up and eat. And he answered, While the child was still alive, I fasted and I wept. I thought, Who knows? The Lord may be gracious to me, and the child may live. But now that he is dead, why should I go on fasting? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him, but he will not return to me. And David comforted his wife Bathsheba, and he went to her, made love to her, and she gave birth to a son, and they named him Solomon. The Lord loved him, and because the Lord loved him, he sent word through Nathan the prophet to name him Jedidiah, which means loved by God. So I think we can get five examples from David and what he, his response was. Um, and the first is to pray without ceasing. Um, in verse 16, you know, it says that he pleaded with God for the child. He fasted and spent the nights laying in sackcloth on the ground. So our first response should be to pray persistently without losing heart. Um, there are occasions when God pronounced judgment but stayed his hand due to fervent prayers. Um, the Bible tells us that the prayer of a righteous man can avail with much. And we've talked about uh, the examples um, of Moses uh, praying and interceding, um, begging for God not to wipe Israel out, and he stayed his hand. And the Canaanite woman who prayed persistently um, for, for her daughter to be uh, healed from the demon possession, and then the persistent widow who kept coming and bugging the judge. It was all about the persistence. Um, just because God says no doesn't mean he's not listening. Um, we have to persist. Um, I think in my own life, um, my daughter Darian, she was probably 15, I think, when Tate passed away. 13, yeah. Um, and it was a hard season for all of us. Um, but I can remember getting up on Sunday mornings, okay, it's time to go to church. And it just was a constant fight, constant battle. And just kept finally to the point where she was like, I'm not going to church. I'm done going to church. And it was like, oh. So I kept praying, kept praying, and, and tried to give her space and, and, and try not to push, push. And, and uh, I can remember sitting down or talking with Pastor Mark and, what do I do? What do I do? And he said, pray and trust. That's all you can do. The seed's been planted. Now that you have to trust and God's going to fulfill what he says he's going to do. Um, I'm happy to say that she's 26 now. Um, she's married, has our grandson. They are actively involved in their church. She's the children's uh, ministry leader at her church, teaches children's church. Um, so I don't know what you're praying for right now. I don't know uh, what no you've got or not yet, but I encourage you to keep praying. Uh, be persistent. Mom's sitting here. I'm sure she spent many nights on her knees in prayer for me um, when I was going through my <laughs> rebellious stage. Um, prayer works, so don't keep persisting. Keep praying. Um, it doesn't always mean that God's going to change his mind. Um, Paul prayed three times for the thorn to be taken out away from him, and the answer was no. Um, there was lots of people praying for Taitlin, um, lots of people, and the answer was still no. Um, 
and I had to trust that his ways are higher than mine. Um, so just like David, after God said the child would die, and Paul pleading about his thorn, whatever your situation is right now, I don't know what it is, um, keep praying. Our God is a miracle worker. Uh, I think the second thing that we learn from David um, is to allow ourselves to grieve. Um, in verse 17, uh, says the elders of his household stood beside him to get him up from the ground, but he refused, and he would not eat any food with them. David allowed himself this time and space to weep over his son's life. Others tried to make him stop to resume normal activities, but he refused. He stayed on the floor. Um, think of jo- likewise, like Job, he uh, we know everything that happened with after everything he went through. He allowed himself to grieve and mourn for seven days and seven nights. Um, myself, it was a good three, probably years, right? Grieving uh, when God took Taylor home. And I think the hardest thing was, and Jamie said the same thing, um, life kept going. Uh, we get up, you go to work, you see everybody doing their normal routines, life is just moving on, and Everybody's doing their thing, and it's like you're screaming, what about me? What, don't you realize just what happened? Don't you realize I just lost my daughter? Um, just working through that grieving process of trying to trust him, but also mourning on the inside. Um, can't you see what I'm going through? Don't you know what's going on? Um, just allowing yourself space to grieve. Um, I think of Jesus. I'm sure Mary and Martha and the story of Lazarus, I'm sure they probably felt the same way. God, if you'd have been here, you'd have saved him. You could have saved him. Jesus took the time. Jesus, what did he do over Lazarus? Anybody remember? Jesus wept, right? Um, He wept. He knows our grief. He hurts when we hurt. He is a good father, and he wants what's best for us. That doesn't mean that he doesn't know our grief and know what it is to grieve. Um, I'm sure... Uh, Mary and Martha thought their answer was no, um, but Jesus still wept over Lazarus, even though he knew, he knew he was going to raise him back to life. He knew what the end was, but he still took time to grieve for him. If we don't allow ourselves to grieve, we inadvertently believe God is more concerned with us immediately feeling better rather than working through the hurt to bring real transformation to our hearts. His sovereignty is not dependent upon our emotions. He will not try to invalidate our hurt with quick and easy fixes. He lets us fill the void so that he may satisfy us with himself. He wants to draw near to us. So it's okay to not be okay. The trick is we can't stay in that place forever. Um, allow yourself, I don't know what, again, what you're going through, what your answer was, what your no answer or not yet answer, or what you're working through, um, but it's okay to not be okay and allow yourself the space to grieve. Just don't stay there. And the third thing uh, is to turn to God and worship Him. In 2 Samuel, uh, verses 19 and 20, so David noticed that his attendants were whispering among themselves, and he realized the child was dead. Is the child dead, he asked? Yes, they replied, he is dead. And David got up from the ground after he had washed, put on lotions, and changed his clothes. He went to the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he went to his own house, and at his request, they served him food, and he ate. 
So David's first response to the news of his son's death was to get up, clean up, and go to the house of the Lord and worship. And I can honestly say that was the last thing on my mind when my answer was no. Um, It's hard to turn to God and worship after he says no. We question him, maybe even walk away from him for a time. Um, After Caitlin's answer was no, I had no desire to come here and sit in church and hear how good God is. He had just taken my daughter. Even though I know that she always said, I can't wait to go to heaven because I want to look Jesus in the eyes and see his face. Um, I was the one that was hurting. She wasn't hurting. She was healed completely and fully. Um, so it was a, a process for me to even come back and sit here and, and, and worship and trust God again. Um, I think of Paul and Silas um, in prison. <laughs> so they worshiped through chains in prison. Um, I think if they can worship in chains in prison and all they endured, that we can worship him through our disappointment and our grief. Um, I think it's important that we turn back to God um, and worship him. I'm not saying this is an easy task. It took a while. Um, For me, I don't know what the process would be for you. Um, The important thing is to not rebel against God um, in our struggles. When God says no and we fall to our knees in hurt and disappointment, we have to get back up and we have to come and worship. God is a good God and he's worthy of our worship no matter our circumstances. Um, Again, we've got the earth view. He's got the heaven view. He knows, um, and he hurts with us. So um, he he loves us, he cares for us, and he wants the best for us. And just like I have to say no to my son sometimes, sometimes the answer is no. I think the fourth thing um, from this is we accept God's decision which is a hard thing to do sometimes. Verses 22, 23, he said, He answered, While the child was still alive, I fasted and I wept. I thought, Who knows, the Lord may be gracious to me and let the child live. But now that he's dead, why should I go on fasting? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him, but he will not return to me. So after his baby died, David accepted God's decision and prayed no more. He could have kept praying. He could have kept persisting. We know God is a miracle worker. God could have brought the baby back to life. However, David knew that sometimes the answer was no. And he trusted him either way. Um, If we trust God when he answers yes, then we should also trust him when the answer is no. And I wish I had the answer for when to draw the line between praying persistently and accepting that God said no. It's a personal thing. It'll be between you and God. Um, For me, it took three years, and sometimes I still struggle today. Um, There's no formula. There's no book that gives you the specific answer of what that time frame is. Again, that's a personal situation between you and the Lord. Um, I wish it was as easy as to give you the formula and give you the answer. The only advice I can give you is to pray and ask for wisdom. And God will give it to you liberally, as his word tells us in James 1.5. Um, again, pray persistently. Uh, keep seeking him, even when the answer is no. 
And the fifth thing I think we learn um, from the story of David and Bathsheba is to expect beauty for your ashes. In verse 24, it says, Then David comforted his wife Bathsheba, and he went to her and made love to her, and she gave birth to a son, and they named him Solomon. The Lord loved him, and because the Lord loved him, he sent word through Nathan the prophet to name him Jedidiah. When God says no, you can expect beauty for your ashes. He turns mourning into dancing, and he turns graves into gardens. Once David had accepted God's decision, he went to comfort his wife. She became pregnant with another son, Solomon. Uh, Solomon became one of the wisest men on earth next to Jesus. He built the temple of the Lord. He was one of the greatest kings of Israel. Um, I think of, uh, in our life, uh, we lost Talon um, and went through that season, but God has blessed us with two wonderful sons and his presence. He never left us. He allowed us the space to grieve. Um, He grieved with us. I know his heart was broke when our heart was broke. I know his heart breaks when your heart breaks. Um, God may not give you back what he took away, but he will surely work out everything for your good. Romans 8, 28 tells us that all things work for the good according to God's purpose for those who love him. Um, He can take our crooked situations and make them straight. Psalm 126.5 tells us that those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Expect beauty for your ashes. Um, We serve a great God. Um, He knows what's best. His ways are higher than our ways. We can't see it from down here. Um, We have to trust that he knows and he loves us and he cares for us no matter what. So in closing, I have this video um, of Ollie of all places. I found it on Facebook while I'm mired in my grief, just mindlessly scrolling because I didn't want to talk to God. I didn't want to hear from God. I was mad. Um, And I found this video. And it's um, Jonathan Evans. His dad's Tony Evans. I don't know if you're familiar with the name. Probably should be. Um, He's doing the uh, sermon or the He's at basically his mom's funeral. His mom had passed away. And I'm, I'm watching this video, and it was just completely wrecking me um, because it's a perfect example of what we just talked about, about allowing ourselves to grieve and, and fighting through the frustrations and then hearing wrestling with God and then um, just hearing from God. Um, so I'll let Chris, if you can put that video up on there, watch this video.
Yeah, he can say that so much better than I can. <laughs> that just wrecked me uh, when I found that video. So it's been 12 years since God said no to healing Taitlin, and as hard as that experience was, it made me seek God harder than I ever had in my whole life. It matured my faith and brought me closer to God um, in, a, in new ways that I've never experienced. Um, so when God says no in closing, uh, the things that we desire to happen and have prayed for and prayed for, we have a choice to make. Um, if our view of God is that we're entitled like he's talking about or that he's obligated to grant our requests like a genie in a bottle, grants wishes, um, we'll be disappointed when he does not perform for us. We might walk away or abandon him altogether. Or we can choose to not let a no shatter our faith, but instead build it up. It's often in the seasons when God says no um, that we're forced to pursue him more earnestly. So I pray today uh, that wherever you're at, if you have a, if it's a no or not yet, um, that you'll lean in and trust God, um, that you'll persist in prayer, um, that you'll keep seeking, that you'll uh, just draw closer to Him, um, that you persist in prayer, that you'll allow yourself to grieve, that you'll turn to God and worship Him. and that you just completely fall in love with him um, all over again um, and trust in him because he is a good father, whether the answer is yes or no. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are a good father. God, I thank you that you grieve with us when we grieve. God, I trust you that your ways are higher. May we all trust you that your ways are higher than ours, even when the answer is no, even when it hurts. God, that you would allow us to work through our grief, that you would draw near to us, that you would walk through it with us. Um, and God, that we would see victory in your name. God, that you promised to never leave us nor forsake us. Um, would you continue to work all things for our good? Would you go with us this week? I pray, Lord, may we draw near to you uh, in new and fresh ways. Thank you for this morning in Jesus' name. Amen.